Hi, this is Tracy Birdsall, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Thank you for joining us once again for another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 563 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, Tracy Birdsall is going to be joining us, and we've seen her in Loving, Hearts Are Fire, and also showing us how she can really kick it on Rogue Warrior, and also on Netflix's I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. And uh, she's going to be coming up and talking about uh, what movies she has coming up, a couple of movies actually, and a whole lot of other stuff. It's coming your way in a few minutes with Tracy Birdsall right here on On Screen and Beyond. Well, we have been very busy, and I know everybody is busy. I hope you're all healthy and everything. But um, we are uh, hoping that you're telling friends about On Screen and Beyond, downloading all you can of uh, our episodes that we keep weekly, we uh, daily rather, we keep uh, popping more on. This week I uploaded a one every day or a couple every uh, a couple days. We had two, uh, and uh, Eve Plum was one of them, Jan Brady from the Brady Bunch, and James Token, and uh, he was on Top Gun, Back to the Future, Bobber Corcoran of uh, Shark Tank, and Barry Livingston of Ernie. He was Ernie on My Three Sons, so a lot of good ones there, along with a few others. So um, keep listening and checking those out. If you haven't had a chance, download those and hear what they have to say. And as far as uh, downloads, uh, speaking of downloads, uh, the top downloaded states in the United States was uh, Florida and Texas now are tied for the most downloads. So Florida and Texas keep going on that. New York, you're number two. And California and Virginia are coming in at number three. And it looks like Arizona is number four and Ohio is number five. As far as countries... U.S. of course is uh, that's that's only natural, you know. That uh, I'm, I'm here in the United States, so that's where, where uh, the most listeners are. But we also have uh, coming in at number two is Canada, and number three is the U.K. Number four is Australia, and number five is Germany. And then we have a whole list of others behind them. And uh, so keep downloading, and uh, be sure to get the word out about on screen and beyond, and all the great interviews we have here with some fascinating people. And uh, we have more to come your way. So. Um, Check it out. If you're on Instagram, you can catch us. Uh, keep things updated on there on On Screen and Beyond podcast. And on Twitter, you can catch us at On Screen, the letter N, Beyond. So On Screen, N, Beyond. And uh, that's about it. What do you say? Why don't we get right into it? we got a lot of things coming your way. It is time for Remake Madness on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> Remake Madness. It looks like you can look for the musical remake of Cinderella on Amazon to hit the streamer on September 3rd, and it's a modern take on the story. Spencer Stevenson of The Purge has joined the cast of Rosalind, a remake of Romeo and Juliet that we talked about a week or so ago, and TV's Highway to Heaven. 
which starred Michael Landon, of course, is being remade into a movie for Lifetime, and it's starring Jill Scott as the angel this time. And that's it for Remake Madness, coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, September 17th, you can look for Clint Eastwood to ride onto the screen once again in Cry Macho. It's a Western set in 1979 as a one-time rodeo star takes a job to get an ex-boss's son back from Mexico. And Rob Lowe will star in Doggone. It's based on a true story about a father and a son who repair their relationship while hiking to find their lost dog. And Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon will star in a new Netflix rom-com, and it's called Your Place or Mine. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Next on Screen and Beyond, let's find out what's coming away as far as sequels. Sequel City, well, Avatar sequels are still moving along, and three and four are expected in December of 2022 and 2023. And Anthony Mackie will star in Marvel's Captain America 4, and a sequel to Murder Mystery with, uh, of course, the stars Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston, and it's been fast-tracked for Netflix. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next at On Screen and Beyond, TV on DVD. TV on DVD, September 7th, Young Sheldon, the fourth season, lands on DVD. And Magnum P.I. Season 3 drives onto DVD on September 14th. And The Nancy Drew Season 2 slips onto DVD on September 21st. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next at On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? Movies on DVD, September 21st, F9 crashes onto Blu-ray, 4K, and DVD. Blythe Spirit with Dan Stevens comes to Blu-ray and DVD on September 28th. And Together Together with Ed Helms arrives on DVD on September 7th. That's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and entertainment time. Well, there will be no new episodes of Stranger Things in 2021. The next season won't arrive till 2022. And Hulu has a pilot coming out called Reboot. It's about Hulu rebooting an early 2000s family sitcom, and its dysfunctional cast must once again work together and work out their problems, too. It's a comedy, and it sounds like a pretty good idea, too. And Don Everly of the Everly Brothers has passed away at the age of 85. And also, singer Tom T. Hall has passed at 85. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, Tracy Birdsall was going to be joining us. And uh, she, you know, she was in Rogue Warrior, showed how we can, she can you know, really kick it. And also, uh, she was in Hearts Are Fire and also Loving and all sorts of other stuff. She's coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond is an actress who we have seen in The Soap's Loving and The Young and the Restless and in Rogue Warrior, Robot Fighter, Hearts Are Wild and on the Netflix series I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. It's Tracy Birdsell. Tracy, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hi, thank you for having me. 
Now, Tracy, I was going to start off this uh, interview with asking you, what have you been up to since the whole COVID thing? But I'm looking at your, your IMDb and I see, uh, you know, four, five, six, seven shows. Maybe they were done before, <laughs> but it, it seems you, you, you've been busy. Is that true? <laughs> I have been busy. I have. I've, I've pretty much worked on and off and done a lot of, even the things that we were in post on, we've done a lot of pickup shots and yeah, I didn't get the downtime everybody else got. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll get into those, uh, the productions that you got coming up, too. Uh, at some point, I'd like to, to find out, uh, you know, what what you have in, in store, uh, you know, uh, and how things are coming along with those things. But uh, let's start off at the beginning. What, what made you decide that you wanted to be an actress? Oh, my gosh. I mean... When I was a little kid, I grew up in Burbank and singing, dancing, the whole nine yards. I just looked on stage and entertaining people. So it was never really a decision to do it. I think that I always just felt like I was an actress ever since I was young. And it wasn't, you know, that popular of a concept amongst, you know, my family and friends. So I just kept working towards that direction, kept training, joined any, you know, theatrical, musical production that I could. And then as I got older, I started you know, training very seriously. And so it's just something I've always, I've always worked, you know, towards and enjoyed doing. So there was no light switch moment. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, no family members that were involved with the, the business? No, the closest family member I have is my great-grandfather was one of the most famous composers ever for Walt Disney, and that's Albert Lewis. And so my family was very connected to the Walt Disney organization because my great grandfather actually moved out here with Walt Disney when all of that started in the early thirties. Hmm. So, you know, there was a lot of that memorabilia around our family, a lot of discussion. There was, my mom remembers sitting on Donald Duck's lap and, you know, so there was always discussion about it. And, and, but, but it wasn't so much that I couldn't do it as much as it was that my, my parents didn't think that I had to do it. You know, it's a lot of work. It's a very, very difficult industry. And so they didn't not, they didn't discourage me, but they certainly didn't support me until it was what I was already doing. Mm -hmm. So they, they kind of knew what it entailed from, you know, my mom's grandfather growing up in the, you know, going through that family and her moving out here. That's how my mom ended up in California. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did did you ever get to to, to meet your great grandfather? I didn't, but I knew my great grandmother. I knew his wife. Yeah. So yeah, he passed away before I was born, and then mm -hmm. but I knew grandmother Lewis, you know, really quite well. She passed when I was seven and a half. So yeah, yeah it was definitely part of our our family history. But no, I had to do it the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but but that it was in your blood, though, right? I mean, it's. A little bit of that. It, it was, and I think I think that it's the um, I, I enjoy the work so much more than everything that surrounds it. I'm not that person that enjoys the process as much when things come out, except for I love when people enjoy it. But I absolutely love doing the work. I love I love shooting. I love preparing. I love all of those things, and so I think that that's a, a really healthy attitude to have, and I think that's why I have so much longevity in this industry. Mm -hmm. Now. Uh, do you enjoy, or I don't want to 
enjoy sounds <laughs> sounds kind of weird but uh, do, do you, does it bother you to see yourself on screen because I've, I've talked to different actors and actresses and some say oh yeah you know I watch you know watch my films and others say I don't even I don't even want to see it <laughs> you know because they they don't like to see themselves up on the screen how do you feel about that you know it's funny when you mention that because I've, I've known a lot of actors in my life and everybody has it comes from a different perspective on that they really do and you can't convince them otherwise. But I watch, I watch it, and I enjoy it, but I watch it third party. So when I even talk about my characters, I always talk about them third person. And I think that's, that's the only way that I would be able to do it and immerse myself as totally as I do, is I just decide that I'm that character at that point in time. But when we're done shooting, I'm no longer that character. And so the nice thing is, is whatever praise that character gets or whatever, you know, disdain that character gets doesn't really rub off on me. And so I, I can watch it perfectly, but I can't, um, I can't watch it as if I'm watching myself. Now, some of the, the, the films that you've made, um, you you kick ass, basically. I mean, yes. You know, and, 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 you know, if I saw you down walking down the street, I wouldn't think that, you know, you are, you know, shooting up aliens or whatever. Yeah. And it's kind of funny, but I am a tomboy. I mean, I, was, I grew up a tomboy. I hung out with the boys. I played on the boys soccer team in high school. I mean, I, I did, I, you know, a lot of things that the boys did, you know, I liked climbing the rocks and playing football more so than, you know, playing with dolls or, you know, sitting by the pool. So it, it was kind of, it was a natural progression for me, but I have to say that's when I really started loving this industry was when it was okay to be me because I was always different in that way. And so, you know, I love working out and I love running and I love all of these things. So, so for me, that's just kind of celebrating part of me that comes easy. And um, so, no, that's when it got really fun. Yeah. Well, a lot of actors have said that, you know, I'll ask them, you know, what type of role do they like the best? Do you like being the villain or the, the whatever? And, uh, you know, I, I get all kinds of responses from, you know, I don't care. I'm just... As long as I'm getting paid, I don't care to, uh, you know, to, uh, yeah, I like the, the bad guy or whatever. But it, do you have a preference of, of, you know, what type of role that you, you do? You know, I used to have roles that I wanted to do that I hadn't done. I've, you know, I've never been an assassin. I've never been a serial killer. Those are kind of the only things I can think of that I haven't been. Um, but... So I used to always be like, oh, these are my favorites. But it was really because they were things you only had the experience of when you were training or in class. But I think that I have so many different things because I do do comedy and drama and sci-fi and action. And, mm, yeah. and that I like a, what I like is a blend of it all. Like I like to come off of an action film and go do a comedy because it's kind of a break. It's a little bit of a dance. It's really, really easy because you're usually with a different, different type of actor when you're doing a comedy, you know, you kind of bounce off of each other. And um, so I like the really hard stuff and then I like the really fun stuff. And um, I don't really have a preference anymore except for to keep the blend. I like the blend. I don't want to get pigeonholed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, mm -hmm. let us know about uh, I, I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. How, how is it? That's, that's available right now. People can see that on Netflix. So uh, what, what can you tell us about that role you, that you did? Yeah, that was really the, um, a, a really fun one because that whole audition process and shooting process and everything happened during the pandemic. 
And so, you know, we do a lot of auditioning at home. Everybody has a studio set up in their house now to kick out auditions really quickly. And, and they hired me for that. And we had to go through all the testing and everything. But what a, what a joy that was to do, like, in such a, a middle of a bummer time period, yeah, you know. know. <laughs> yeah. And so it was just really a, it was really a pleasure, especially that caliber of, of, you know, comic actors. And, you know, Tim Heidecker is amazing. And, of course, Tim Robinson's amazing. So, I mean, it was just like, it was just like a treat, you know. It's like going to a party. It's so much fun. Now, I'm always cautious about what I see on the internet about uh, you know when you started in your first role and things like that. But I'm I'm looking here, and was your first role actually on Loving, or was it Family? First role was actually on Family Ties. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Because yeah, the dates sometimes no, they put aren't aren't. You know, <laughs> it says here yeah. loving was in '85 and Family Ties was '86. So I'm just, you know, wondering is that correct? You know? No, it was definitely Family Ties. But you never know when you shoot something versus when they release it. That's true. So yes. sometimes that's when the the date slop and things like that. But I actually had already done about ten um, national commercials by then. So I, I was kind of the first way that I got into this industry and started making money was at 15. I, I did the Sunka Soda commercials and those went on for 10 years. And so I did, I did, I did commercials back when commercials weren't popular to do. <laughs> it was like all my friends throwing tables and then going to auditions. And I just, I just thought that it was a lot smarter. And so later on, you know, a long time later, people started doing commercials, but it was super uncool when I did them. Mm. But so I've been on a lot of sets, but most of the sets were beaches and things like that. So the first actual studio location that I, I actually shot on was was a, a small role in Family Ties. And I was scared to death and it was amazing. It turned out really amazing. And I don't think I've been scared since. Hmm. So how did you get that role? Was it something you just went to an audition for? Yeah, exactly the same as how we get a lot of them now. Yeah, it's good old fashioned hard work and driving into town and going to auditions and I mean, we're lucky now that we can do so many of them remotely but you know a lot of them still are, are in person even now that the pandemic has been going for a while they're doing most of the first calls you know self-tapes and then they want to meet you they want to come in and they want to see how you are with other people and you know because it is it is a people industry yeah yeah do, do you find it easier to do an initial one taping it and sending it in or is it do you feel better when you go in in person you know what i like about it is that i can put more time into it because usually i'm one of those people i try i try to win my auditions like i would actually study for filming and sometimes you get so many of them that if you're driving and planning and you know it, it takes so much of the time just getting to the office so if you can take those hours and put them into the character and put them into developing what you're going to do and deciding who they are and how they're going to do everything, it gives you so much more time to do a polished, finished project. And um, so that's the part that I like about it is that, you know, you, you also don't have to pick and choose in the beginning. I mean, I would prefer not to pick and choose before I went to an audition, but sometimes there's only so much time and you have a life also. So sometimes you have to not go to certain ones because you just can't put that many hours into everything. But taping it allows you to really kind of 
throw it out there and send your audition in and then find out more about the project and not not have to ask a million questions up front. Mm-hmm. What was your most unusual or what has been your most unusual uh, audition? Is there anything that you, you know particularly comes to mind? Um, any, I mean, I've had uncomfortable auditions. <laughs> <laughs> I've had uncomfortable auditions, you know, where, where you know, usually on a smaller budget thing, you know, you get some, some weird vibes sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, because I, I do do sci-fi, I mean, I'm used to working opposite inanimate objects and auditioning. And, you know, so it's like it, it doesn't, I, I can't see where it would get any weirder than that than how we actually shoot things. Yeah. Because actually filming in a lot of the genres that I film in, people, you know, I'm sh- I know that there's a lot of that information available online, but it's absolutely fascinating because you're interacting with things that aren't there. Right. That's, I, you know, not being an actor, actor, I just don't understand how you can, <laughs> how you can get emotion that you're supposed to be getting looking at nothing, you know. <laughs> I just can't imagine how you can do that. Yeah, I think that we're all like, I don't know, at least as a child, I had a really big imagination. And the thing as an actor is that, you know, especially with the sci-fi stuff when there aren't things there, is if you believe it, the people who are watching will believe it. So you have to really believe it. You have to actually picture it in your mind, use your imagination. I don't think everybody can do that. I think it's a, a separate skill. Mm-hmm. And um, But really, if you believe it, then once it's there, everybody else will believe it. But but it's, it's challenging. Yeah. When you're doing that, is are they uh, are they holding something up in the in the place where you should be looking? You know, because how how does how does that all work? <laughs> you know, initially when I when I started in that genre, they would give me an eye line and stuff like that. They would put something there, and then they would just take it out in post-production but I prefer now not to have anything there and just to have them tell me where my eyeline is mm-hmm. before we start shooting the scene because my imagination is so much better when there isn't something else there so I actually find that to be distracting sometimes mm-hmm. but it's 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 quite fun yeah. you know it's it's yeah. Oh, yeah it's a lot of practice to get good at it but once you get good at it it's, it's, it's rather addictive that's, There's now, nobody to screw up your scene. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> it's all if, if something goes wrong, it's the editor's fault on that one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, but mm-hmm. of all the roles that you've done, is there any one in particular that uh, you know you said you nailed that one? That is the one that you know you'll always remember. Well, right now, it's for a while now, it's been Rogue Warrior Robot Fighter because, as you said, I got to really kick ass in that. <laughs> um, the Time War, which we've been working on now for five years, which is in its final stages of post-production, is um, the the darkest characters, the most distant from who I am. And so it, it may become my new favorite because it's been the most challenging thing I've ever done because it's time travel, so there's various versions of my character. And it was just really, it was a brand new thing, and I was immersed in it for a very long time. The project kept growing, and and so I think that when you look at them, like with Rogue Warrior, and I think about some of those you know, sand dunes that I had to run down and fight things in that a lot of people couldn't even physically do. I mean, so more so 
you're proud of yourself. You're like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> but I think that, that that's going to happen with the time war. Um, I mean, we shot in the top of Austrian Alps. We shot in the Isle of Skye. We shot in the Scotland Highlands. I mean, and it was grueling shooting. It was, you know, hailstorms and, you know, just funk, you know, crashing rain. And, I mean, we just kept shooting right through whatever the weather gave us. We just made adjustments. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the work that I've put into that. And I think that's how you choose now, favorites is how much effort. Yeah. The Time War, that that is a TV series? It's a TV series. Mm-hmm. Oh. It started off as a very long movie about five years ago. And then it just kept growing and growing. And every time that, that I would get onto something else and be focused elsewhere, the director would be like, oh, I've got, this, I've got more pages to shoot on this. Now this, you know, there's all these different directions. And, and we just kind of went with it because it was his pet project. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just become something massive that I'm super proud of. So it's uh, actually hitting that almost finished point, which is kind of a remarkable thing. Right, yeah. Any word when it when it will be finishing up? I, I know these things are are always <laughs> up in the air because they take forever. I know that, but uh, well, yeah. I mean, the film was supposed to be finished a few years ago, and then it turned into a series, and and we added another you know eleven countries into it. So, um, but right now it's in its final stages of VFX. So I think he's going to make some decisions on it in a few months, and I would guess we'll see it by the end of the year. Is my guess. Wow. So yeah. you you talked about uh, going to different places in your whole career. What's the most uh, exciting, exotic, or whatever you want to call it, uh, place that you visited? Oh my gosh, so many! I'm sure. Plus, I travel a lot, so it's like, or I I did travel a lot before the pandemic. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, it's like I I, I believe in exotic places. Um, but I would say the most, let me just give you the most remarkable location that we shot in was a, a toss-up between the Scotland Highlands and and the Austrian Alps. You know, I was I did the, the Sound of Music as a young girl, the musical, and I, and I did it year after year, so I did various different characters as I grew up. And so it was just fascinating to be right up on the top of the Alps shooting you know right in that it just felt like that you know yeah. so that was pretty remarkable don't, don't tell me that during the break of, of filming there you are in some you know futuristic thing and you're doing the julie andrews swirl around for right. the sound of music <laughs> right in a, in a dress made of curtains right right yeah <laughs> no <laughs> But no, that that must have been beautiful up in the Alps like that, I'm sure. Oh, and we shot at Cleese Fortress in Croatia, which is where they shot that castle. They shot Game of Thrones. We shot there, too. Oh, wow. I mean, just so many beautiful places, yeah. So uh, some of the other projects that I see that you have going on, um, uh, Hotel Underground? Hotel Underground, um, I shot for a director in Melbourne, Australia. And um, that was a, a dark fight film, and I, that's actually finished. So I don't know where or when he's releasing it, but I know that he's ready. So that was um, actually like a month before the pandemic hit that we shot that. That messed everything up, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> you know, it did, but I think it also gave people a lot more time and effort to put into the project. True, so. yeah. Yeah, during you know post-production, you can do a lot more, and then... 
and do the yeah. forever uh, going through the editing and say, oh, well, let's change this, let's change that. <laughs> there's no rush to get it done because nothing's coming out. So. Well, there's no rush, yeah. But, but, but I think now that things have kind of been picking up again as far as people are actually – you know, learning to live like this, even with the variants, we're all learning to communicate and to make deals. And, you know, yeah. so it's, I, I think that, that it'll be pretty easy to get things out at this point. Yeah. What are some of the other ones that you have coming up can, that you can tell us about? Well, we finished shooting um, At the Edge of Time, which it's, its information online is really incomplete, but it's kind of this, it's kind of, what started the Time War, it was shot before the Time War, but the director decided to market it all as a package because it's kind of an offshoot special that relates to the Time War. So that'll be coming out too. And we, that'll be up to the distributor and how they want to release that. Mm-hmm. And then Age of Darkness, which is actually in post also, it'll be out after the Time War, but it is a TV series that was based upon Rogue Warrior because we had a lot of a lot of fan interest and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there's a, actually a whole series already in post and, you know, pretty far along um, based upon Rogue Warrior. And it has some of the, the future story and some of the backstory, too. Huh. That's interesting. That sounds good. Jeez. You, so so we, we could be seeing you in a lot of things in the next couple of months or years, depending on how long. You could get very be. tired of me. No, 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 no. <laughs> that won't happen. That's I'm for sure. Kidding. I'm just kidding. But everything's so completely different from each other that it, that's really exciting. Yeah. The characters are all mentally different. Hmm. Well, Tracy, I'd like to finish up with uh, two final questions. Taking us away from all the acting that you've done over the years and um, when you sit back and relax, what are the types of TV shows that you enjoy? What's your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what are your favorite movies now and of the past? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You should have given me prep time on that. <laughs> um, I, ever since I was a kid, I loved sci-fi. I mean, it's just I was always a sci-fi junkie. And I love comedies. So I would say that growing up, one of my favorite movies was Logan's Run. Yes. The the only movie that ever scared me to death was The Exorcist, and I still won't rewatch it. I'm not really a horror movie buff, even though I've been in a couple horror films. I've never been the screaming person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, and so, of course, I, I actually grew up on Star Trek and all the different you know shows like that, mm-hmm. and uh, Lost in Space and stuff like that. Oh, yes. But I'm a, I'm a huge TV junkie now. I love watching. I love the streaming services. I love binge watching where you sit down and you watch a show and you watch it you know, episode after episode after episode. I loved, um, on an off note, I loved even like Mare of Easttown that just had like a four episode run. Um, been watching, rewatching the Big Bang Theory yeah. at night, which I absolutely love. And um, I can't think of the name of it. It's very popular, but I just finished this, a series right now. It's a, a zombie series. A new one that's quite popular, but I can't remember what it is. I love um, Handmaid's Tale. I'm caught up on that. But there really isn't something out there that's binge-watchable that I won't at nighttime go and and binge on. And I usually like to watch something that, you know, kind of curls the hair on the back of my neck and then go straight to a comedy and then go to bed. (laughs) The thing I hate about uh, uh, the streaming services, uh, not not that I hate it, but, you know, uh, it's that... You watch, they release a series, 
has eight shows maybe or or whatever eight or ten or twelve or whoever but uh then you gotta wait sometimes a year a year and a half before you get to see more and you want to see more <laughs> you do but there's so much to keep you occupied in the meantime true true but i mean it's just so much content oh it's it's unbelievable yeah I know, and I want to watch it all. Yeah. <laughs> so what about movies? Um, well, I watch movies, too. I mean, I, I can't even think of what I've been watching lately. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like all movies, you know, but I, 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 particularly, I particularly go towards action or sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Or I like uh, what I call raunchy guy comedies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. so I can't... <laughs> I just like it all, I, and it's really funny because people tease me because I don't remember what things are called sometimes because of the way that we watch. We're just right. going through it, you know. We're just cranking through it. Yeah, I did just watch this, uh, the Tomorrow War. Yes, and I yeah. loved that. Yeah. 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 Um, is there any movies that uh, that you know when you're turning the channels and you see it's on, you gotta watch it? Anything in particular? Well, there's a couple things that I want to see right now. I want to see Cruella. I haven't seen Cruella. Mm-hmm. I mean, but if something looks really good, I'm, I'm particularly drawn in by cast, and that's why I say Cruella. I, I enjoy uh, Emma Stone's, uh, I enjoy her process. So if I like the process of the actor and I know I can get lost in the character, I want to watch it. If I'm watching something and I don't think they're doing a very good job and they're not super good at getting into their characters, which a lot of times I find from some of the Canadian shows, then sometimes I'll turn them off even if I'm enjoying it just because I don't want it to rub off on me. I'm like really afraid of things things rubbing off on me. But if it's, you know, There Will Be Blood is a good example of a film, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yes. He's such a brilliant actor and I absolutely love his process. So I can watch it over and over and over because, you know, some of that good stuff rubs off too. <laughs> yeah. So uh, are there... Besides the things you mentioned to us about uh, the future ones that are coming out, is there anything else that uh, you have going on? Just, uh, you know, we can get a scoop on or anything like that? <laughs> no, I think that's enough. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's, that's plenty. I can't even remember really having much of a break in about eight years. Wow. So I, I, I don't good. turn away work if it's really good. But at the same time, you know, I went into the pandemic thinking that I was pretty much done and then things just kept happening so I I, I, d- I don't look for a break again I just kind of I just kind of enjoy the enjoy the ride yeah well I've had uh, you know Eric Roberts was on the show one time and mm-hmm. he was I mean he's in everything he's he's in blockbusters mm-hmm. he's in in low budgets he's in everything and uh, mm-hmm. he said that he's our I'm an actor he, he says I like to act and so he's he just does anything because he enjoys acting, and I thought, well, that's you know that really that's not you know you can't do a blockbuster all the time. I mean, <laughs> you just you know. Well, and I think that's something that people forget in the outside world is they forget that although we enjoy it and although we we train really hard for it, I mean, all of us that are sustaining a career have put it not only you know do well, but we've put a fortune into getting where we're at and all the training and the coaching and the studying and whatever other skills we need to brush up on all the time but it really is at the end of the day although we adore it it is a job you know and it and it's it's a job that takes 
so many more hours than just about anything else that you can do. And so you have to enjoy it, but you also do have to make a living. Yeah, so I understand what you're saying, yeah. But that said, I, I won't do anything. Like, I have to I have to really enjoy a script and what I can do with the character. Right. Like, you have to be able to, to go somewhere with it. And um, I have very well-known friends that don't have that feeling. They just, you know, they just want to work as much as they can. But for me, I've got to be able to do something with it or else I would be disappointed in myself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Tracy, I thank you so much for joining us, and it's a pleasure having you on here. And uh, I wish you luck with all the things that you've got coming up and that we'll be able to see. And I thank you for joining us. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. And a big thank you going out to Tracy Birdsall for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Be sure to check her out and uh, keep an eye on what she's got coming up. A lot of things in the works for her. So uh, that's uh, about it for On Screen and Beyond this week. We've got a lot of things uh, in the works. We've got some great guests coming your way. And be sure to check out onscreenandbeyond.com. Now, if you go there, like I've been telling you all along, as we are uploading the episodes, the ones I haven't uploaded are going to give you a, a you know a, a error saying that there's no nothing there. They will be coming up, and we, like I say, daily we're putting them up. So if you subscribe to On Screen and Beyond on whatever podcast provider you're using, you uh, will automatically get them, and uh, I will be, you know, filling them back in. And uh, those are coming your way, so stick around for that. But if you go to any of the podcast providers, and you can look and see what we have uploaded. But if you want to see what guests we have had in the past and who will be coming, you can go to onscreenandbeyond.com, and you can see every single episode that we've had and uh, who they are. So you can uh, wait for those, or you can email me. If there's somebody that I haven't put up yet and you'd like to check it out, you can send me an email at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and we will uh, do our best to get it up for you immediately. And uh, it's, uh, just, you know, we'll keep trying to get them all up there, but it's going to take a while. But that's it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again, oh, want to remind you one more thing, too. <laughs> next week, we will not have an episode coming out. And that's our break before our 15th season comes your way in September. September, the beginning of September, we will be putting up our 15th season premiere. And uh, we go into 15 years of doing this. So uh, we hope you'll keep listening to On Screen and Beyond and uh, get uh, all the episodes as they come out. So be sure to subscribe, download, 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 like I've been telling you, and we appreciate it very much. So that's it. That's wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. (laughs) 